0: into the me, It's Wednesday, the 22nd of September. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. I'm Tim Gilbert. I'm joined by Shane Lee. Now, Shane, how are you today?
1: It's hump day, mate. Hump day. It's good. The week's Panning out well. We've got footy finals this weekend. I can't wait. It doesn't always work to plan hump day, does it, if you take every definition? <laughs> it doesn't always, mate. Yeah. It definitely wasn't the case for me this morning. <laughs> anyway, we move on. <laughs> I
0: love it. Uh, well, yesterday we were having a Wag about how uh, you your room with Greg Matthews on one occasion, who, and you never mm. saw him for the whole six days or whatever it was. It made me think about snorers, like when I uh, go on golf trips or whatever, and you sort of know uh, – I always try to get my own apartment because I have a penchant to, to rip the sheets off snoring when I've had a few red wines. What was that like?
1: It was tough, mate. I got to a room with big Merv Hughes only once for an Australia A trip and um, – Well, first things you couldn't get to sleep because room service kept showing up every two minutes, (laughs) so they would wake you up (laughs) as the big fellow ordered another club sandwich. But when he finally got to sleep, yeah, he would pull the curtains in. He could snore with the best of them, that's for sure. But but a very kind man,
0: Big Merv Hughes. Big Merv the snorer. Well, I can relate to that and all those club sandwiches that he used to eat. It's grand final week (laughs) in the AFL. There's a stack of stories there. Drama in the rugby league. It looks like Michael Maguire's kept his job. Okay, let's start with the AFL and uh, before we start to talk about grand final week, uh, Lockie Neal, of course, who's one of the real superstars of the competition, Brisbane, such a talent. Now, he wants to, well, he's intimating about going back to Western Australia because um, uh, they're about to have a family and, uh, you know, he's trying to get his priorities in order because of the whole border situation has become such a nightmare to get from one state to the other but the fans have slammed him they can be very cruel sometimes
1: they can mate And um, but I reckon mate family comes first and what the fans don't realise is that uh, loyalty doesn't exist beyond your, your playing days um, and when you get injured uh, there's no sort of loyalty there so look uh, his wife's from WA she's having a kid and with the whole bubble and the issues moving forward potentially he wants to have family around he's newborn I can't blame him and I fully support him for doing that.
0: Oh, yeah, you've got to have family around if you possibly yep. can, don't you? Because uh, you know you're alive once they come.
1: Yep, that's for sure, mate. And um, look, he's been a fantastic player for Brisbane, still has two years running on his contract, but uh, if she wants to go home and I'm sure he wants her to be happy, um, it's a very, very special time in life having your first child. So... Good on him, and I think the fans need to give him a little bit of a break there. Take a deep breath, guys. Take a deep breath.
0: Now, um, Gil McLaughlin, uh, my brother Kieran had a chat with him on Sky News yesterday uh, uh, regarding everything that has been done over the past little while just to keep the competition running. And you've got to dip your lid to them, don't you? Because when you think about it, it's a truly national competition, unlike the NRL. The NRL has only played up and down the Eastern Seaboard and, of course, New Zealand, but they've been in Australia for the past two years. So, look, although their logistics are difficult, Nothing like the AFL where you've got
1: borders closed, different attitudes. It's it's well he, in his words, he called it a high wire act. Yeah, big time, mate. And um, look, you have to definitely doff your cap to uh, to Gillum McLaughlin. Um, it's been a minute by minute proposition this year for the AFL. Um, but if you look at it in terms of. All games being played, it's been a huge, huge success. But you know, little things like rerouting umpires, um, rerouting players, getting staffed in and out of matches, quarantine—it is a minute-by-minute minute proposition. So uh, they've done a fantastic job to make sure that the fans can see the match at least on TV every week.
0: Yeah, and although that you know we can't see the Melbourne Demon fans or Western Bulldogs that are, are living in in Victoria get to these games, there has been a, a you know a silver lining in the sense that. Perth, Western Australia, which is a mad AFL place, has an opportunity to have a grand final. And we saw that. Well, Queensland, you know, it's not an AFL. Um, Brisbane's not
1: an AFL city, but even still. Yeah, I agree, mate. And um, it'll, it'll be a fantastic spectacle there at Optus Stadium, which is a wonderful ground in itself. And, um, yeah, come uh, this Saturday, uh, there will be a huge roar that goes around the crowd. And, and the players will know that they've earned their spot when they walk out in that ground for the grand final. Who's going to win? I reckon Melbourne Ds by four goals. Four goals, okay. I cannot yep. wait for that. That'll be a cracker.
0: Now, what about this Penrith Panther trainer? A 25 grand fine, NRL breach notice?
1: Yep, 25K, There, as you said, they've been fined. Pete Green, um, the physio. Yes, yeah, so he's also been stood down for this week, so Penrith need a new physio. But they reckon he was actually had his own walkie-talkie um, was communicating with Ivan Cleary. So that's the word on the street, Timmy. Mm. That, uh, and we all know you're not supposed to go on the ground, but he's saying, due to the severity of the injury to Mitch Kenny, um, he had to get out there, but yeah, 25k. But they're saying he's done it before, mate. So trying to slow the game down. Oh, yeah, they always try to cut corners. Yep. Uh, at yep. times, you, you would have thought Alfie Langer was in the back line,
0: wouldn't you? The way that he used to come on <laughs> he's as a, big a trainer <laughs> all the time. Um, Felice Cafusi has sort of given Craig Bellamy a nice rap. Now, we always hear Craig Bellamy um, be given all the compliments about being an amazing coach. We don't often
1: uh, scratch back the surface to find much about the man himself. Yep, he's, um, he's been a fantastic, uh, well, not only player, but, but coach as well. Uh, since he's been at the Melbourne Storm since 2003, he's won three premierships and only missed the finals once. Um, an outstanding record. But, yeah, very, very soft away from the game. He's a grandfather. Um, and I love the little story where Brandon Smith, one of his players, hid rocks in his suitcase. So he was carrying extra, extra weight around. So there is a really a, a personal sort of relationship with uh, with Bellamy and his players, and and it shows on the field. It's really funny. In the old days when I used to interview them all, It was
0: this was more the Cameron Smith era when he was only young. And they used to always say that Craig Bellamy, you have to stand away from him when he was talking because he'd get that excited. He'd just spit at you there'd be spittle going absolutely everywhere but I suppose that's a little bit of a signpost of a dressing room at times now let's look at the world game and Tony Gustafsson he's a man that's been uh, to a lot of places in in the game of course he's coaching the Australian women's team and he's come out and given a massive rap to Sam Kerr now Sam Kerr is about to hit another milestone she is a fantastic soccer player a little bit uh I don't know she's a bit indifferent when you, sh-
1: you put a camera and a microphone in front of her but what a player what a player and playing her 100th uh, match. And um, I a quick question is Tani Gustafsson, was he the, the chef in Ratatouille? I don't know. I just thought of that. I don't know why I thought of that. No, that was his cousin. That was his cousin. <laughs> that was his cousin. <laughs> that was his cousin, Gary Gustafsson. <laughs> Gary Gustafsson. <laughs> but no, look, um, she's playing um, 100, 100 matches and um, he's saying that since she joined the team in when I think she was 15, um, she's been an amazing leader both on and off the field and uh, he said it's an absolute pleasure to work with her.
0: On to your sport, cricket, staying in the women's game. And uh, this record just continues. This winning record continued up in Mackay. Um, and the Australian women's team had a good win over India. Darcy Brown. What about this teenager, mm. Darcy
1: Brown? She can bowl. She can bowl. She took four for 33 um, at 18 years of age. Uh, the youngest um, cricketer for Australia to ever do that. Um, Elise Perry took four wickets at the age of 19. And Mitchell Stark at the age of 20. Um but this team is so dominant, 25 wins in a row now, India scored 8 for 225, and we reached it one down again. And I watched this match, and Brad Hodge, who was commentating, was saying, if you bat number five for Australia in this, in this women's team, you don't get a bat. Uh, Elisa Healy scored 77, uh, Rachel Haynes was 93 not out, and the, and the captain, Meg Lanning with 53 not out, they're unstoppable, one down, great win. Yeah, they're a machine-like sports team, aren't they? They really are mm. uh, They really
0: are building a legacy for themselves, the Australian women's cricket team. Now, heading overseas, uh, this is a really quirky, different sort of sad tale. Uh, this one, Green Bay Packers beat Detroit, but Aaron Jones lost something when he scored a touchdown and not just your average necklace or
1: ring or piece of jewellery. Yeah, sad story. Aaron Jones, the um, the running back, who scored three touchdowns had um a vial of um of his dad's ashes around his neck so he said um sort of tongue in cheek i hope i lost it in the end zone cuz dad would have been very proud of that and he was at every match um but yeah the uh the green bay packers um aaron rodgers the the quarterback was exceptional through four fantastic touchdowns and um yeah funny story but maybe his dad's very very pleased he's part of the uh the green bay packers um <laughs> history to come I don't want to be critical of
0: people, but you, you, there's a chance you might lose it. If you're playing a game of footy. I
1: mean, it's probably a little bit safer on the mantelpiece or somewhere else. Yeah, well, in the movie Pop Fiction, he carried his dad's ring somewhere else, didn't he? So um, <laughs> that's a very different story. Oh, and what was it? Meet the Fockers? <laughs> there, was, there was another story there. Um, all right, what about the golfing
0: world? Nothing like a feud. And these guys absolutely hate each other. Everyone, if you love golf, um, the Ryder Cup is fantastic. It doesn't really matter if you, you live in a country that's involved or not, because it's just the best of the best. And Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka for the States, they don't like each other. They make it very public, particularly Kepka. He,
1: he, he hates him. They do. They hate each other. Um, and they're due to play for the, the US in, in the Ryder Cup. But they've been going at each other now for two to three years, two massive egos, and they just keep going head-to-head. Head. So they definitely won't be paired together. But uh, they're playing for the same team, mate. It'd be, it'd be good TV to watch. Does it remind you of any cricketers
0: when you were playing that, that really – fucking hated each other you know what I mean really we <laughs> really just did not like each other like, you know sometimes sometimes you're just going to be put in an office
1: or a sports team or a club or something where someone just grates on you yeah it, it was definitely uh it was definitely warning someone else pretty much every match <laughs> that they oh, really? get stuck into each other yeah but um yeah it, it was funny to watch me yeah sometimes you need to put those sort of personal issues aside and just get on with it for the betterment of the team
0: yeah, him and Steve War aren't close these days. Um, no. Yeah,
1: no Christmas card uh, sent there. <laughs> now, what about this boxing star kicked off the plane? Yeah, two very conflicting stories here. So boxer Amir Khan um, said he's heartbroken. He's missed his um, pre-season camp um, for being kicked off a plane. Uh, he was sitting in seat mm. 1A. Um, the, the airline's saying, well, he wouldn't turn his phone off, he wouldn't sit down, and he wouldn't use a face mask. So and he said he did so two conflicting stories there but this day and age you can't be mucking around on an airplane so i'm pretty sure he wouldn't have been kicked off for no reason at all yeah i know which story i'll run with yeah <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah it's pretty bloody obvious when you don't have a face mask
0: on. um now winding back the clock i remember um former new south wales cricket ceo bob bradford he was he was a character a real character and he took you guys on a tour once. He was, he was known for being a quite a
1: raconteur, wasn't he? He was, mate. He was, uh, he was an alcoholic um, and Bradman said he was the best sporting administrator before lunch, <laughs> which was <is> a big <laughs> rap. Um, and he, he uh, I remember, sat down, there was four of us and he went round the group and he gave a compliment to one of us and then he would give us a bit of a backhand, sort of complice salt, you might say. Um, he mm. said to myself, Shane, you, you're a talented cricketer, but you know, don't take it too easy, champ. And he looked at Stuart McGill, he said, you're a very good leg spinner, but you're a smart ass. (laughs) And he said to to, uh, Simon Cook, you're laconic, you're slow, fucking wake up a little bit, right? You look like you're half asleep all the time. And then he looked at Phil Alley, and Phil was waiting for his compliment. He said, "You're just an absolute dunderhead. <laughs> and he goes, "What's a dunhead?" We all goes, "It means someone with a head of wood." <laughs> he, he, he went from a smile to a bit of a, a sad face and moved on.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, he proved it, didn't he? When he ate all those bananas, and his career came <laughs> came down. And I, I, I still remember one of the one of the the funniest moments that I've ever been involved with was. Um, I think it was Garrick Morgan. I'm not quite sure, but one of the – it pretty much was Garrick Morgan. And so he'd been to an appeals hearing for uh, something where he you know, he got suspended or, or was mm. about to get suspended and they were appealing it. So basically he was out the front and um, he got let off. And uh, someone asked him from the, the pack of the journalists, they said, how do you feel about being exonerated? And he goes, I'm absolutely – upset about this i mean look i didn't even get him and sort of for this to happen he goes no you've been exonerated he goes well exactly and he goes no mate exonerate you've been let oh oh really? oh nice that's it for afternoon sport today make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen a big thank you to our sponsors
1: yeah our sponsors made my hair smelling and looking fresh to me it's mainhaircare.com that's m-a-n-e mainhaircare.com. Yeah, the flowing blonde locks of Shane Lee. And of course, our wonderful (laughs) producer,
0: Mr. Dan McHugh, back tomorrow with your daily dose of
1: sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care.